Pledge allegiance to the flag <laughs> of the United States of America. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Did you stop because you couldn't remember the rest? Because I sometimes doubt if I can. Uh, I, I didn't want to have to do the whole thing. Well, you, well, you weren't standing up either. It yeah. Was wrong. It was we wrong. We don't have a flag in here. <laughs> we don't, unfortunately. Not saluting, you know, the Godzilla poster. Yeah, and it's only the third. I feel like uh, the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, by the way, live from the studio, I'm Jimmy Seleski. Eric Glazer. I feel like... Uh, the Pledge of Allegiance could come into play at some point after like grade school. It seems like it just you learn it in grade school and then you never say it again for the rest of your life. Yeah, but I feel like it's somehow more user, uh, useful than cursive. <laughs> it definitely is. It definitely is. Um, we are coming here on the 3rd of July, which is a weird... This, uh, this year, it's a Monday. Well, 4th of July is a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. The 3rd is a Monday. And... Uh, it's one of those July being Tuesday isn't weird. Well, yeah, that's not just weird. the third of <laughs> the July third being, being a Monday. Monday. <laughs> that's something you don't see every day. <laughs> you don't see that what once every seven years. Once or every so? seven years or so, I'd say if you include the leaps. No, it's just kind of weird because with these types of weekends, you know, I've talked in the past of being like a hol- holidayologist and l- knowing how the public is going to respond to any given holiday being on any given day, mm-hmm. right? So like. You know, if Halloween's on a Tuesday, you got to know that the big night is going to be the Saturday before. You got to know if October 31st is Tuesday, then Saturday the 28th is going to be the big night. You got to know these things. But this one is tough because it's like with 4th of July, July weekend, do you get off Monday? Does everyone get off Monday? Because I feel like most of my friends went to work. Yeah, I don't think you'd normally get off Monday, but yeah, I had a... I had a big travel week last week so i i I gave myself an extra day off yeah and i uh i I gave myself a day off as well believe it or not you have a benevolent boss i do (laughs) my boss really gets me (laughs) he really gets me no the third is a weird day i think the third of the day the third of july is probably uh in my opinion the more important holiday third of july the third of july because the fourth is when we just we gotta, like, we gotta rank all of the eve <laughs> the, eves. the eves well here's the problem no one was where does it rank no one's gonna agree with me in eves obviously new number year's one, eve is probably the number one right new year's eve is number one uh because it's the only eve that uh beats out the day itself yeah there's no the eve is you know the student became the master yes exactly the day before is more important than the day of you know? Yeah, the day New Year's Day sucks because then you realize like, oh fuck, I'm gonna start writing every date wrong on every check that I wrote. Oh fuck, I've already given up on my resolutions. <laughs> start <I'm> hungover. <laughs> you're supposed this... to like start a, a new year fresh that yeah. day, and you're like, you feel like shit. Yeah, no better way to turn over a new leaf on New Year's Day than when you wake up feeling the exact same you felt every other day of the year. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think this is the start of something new. <laughs> Things are looking up. No, so you got yeah. Obviously, New Year's Eve is number one. Christmas Eve uh, is is next, um, only because. Obvi- By the way, can you crack that door a little bit? Yeah. I just realized we popped off the AC, and that's going to be 
gruesome in a matter of moments. Um, but then after that, yeah, Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, and then you just venture into the the holidays that just don't have eves. Mm-hmm. And 4th of July, there's no Easter Eve. I mean, Easter, in a way, kind of has an eve, but they try to make like every holiday leading up to it its own thing, like Good Friday, mm-hmm. Ash Wednesday, Palm Sunday. Those are all cool. But the 3rd of July... Um, not in terms of celebration. Nobody celebrates that, obviously. Most people we know fucking work today. Yeah. However, if you think of what was going on when on the 3rd of July, uh, that had to be like the most monumental day in the lead up because like the 4th is just when they like just kind of like mailed the letter. Mm-hmm. They were like, all right, we did all this shit. We got it. We're sending this Declaration of Independence to King Charles or whatever or King George. I don't fucking know. But the 3rd of July is the day that they were like sitting there like, are we really about to do this? Like, mm-hmm. dude, you're saying tomorrow. Like, do you guys think it got there yet? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Pony Express riding across the Atlantic. Yeah. And how does that work? Like, because it gets there. They signed it on, what, the 4th of July or whatever. Yeah, come to think of it. We- so, like, is it like post da- postmarked that day and then when it gets to england they're like oh shit we owe them four days of back taxes <laughs> we owe them four days of independence <laughs> wait they've been independent for six months yeah it's got to go across the ocean and then by the time you get their response back in the, and the other you've thing already is, been in- independent for probably like six months at this yeah point. you forgot you sent that letter yeah <laughs> you're like you, you see, forgot you're waiting on a yes or no there's a, you see that because that's how you find out obviously is like they're not going to send you a letter back and be like well you just fucked up they're probably probably just going to pull up on you probably like you're going to send the letter and then like five months later after it takes a ship to get across the atlantic king george reads it he's like fuck this he organizes an army and sends across that's at least four or five months at that point yeah you're sitting there four or five months later being like this independence thing isn't this isn't this great <laughs> they they were surprisingly cool yeah, with it. i you know i <laughs> thought this is gonna go over way worse <laughs> and they just pull up and you're like oh shit i forgot we sent that letter oh my god it's been yeah it's been four months <laughs> that should be the real day september 18th or whatever the fuck day is when the british were like yeah come on man no so i think that that's a. Uh, that's 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 a cool thing. I think that uh, you know, in the in the history of America, the Fourth of July obviously got to be that's our number one American holiday because mm-hmm. it's the day when we were like, nah, dude, this is it. This is serious, you know. So uh, we're about to celebrate that by eating as many hot dogs as humanly possible tomorrow, mm-hmm. and, and um, drinking free beer, and all the Americans that sacrificed their lives in sacred honor to uh, fight for us so that we could uh, still not quite be able to bring ourselves to wake up at 10 30 a.m uh to witness the towson parade mm-hmm. those are the sacrifices that uh we don't have to make anymore exactly you know? that's what our you know forefathers fought for they they strapped up and fought the redcoats and then they were like dude wake up at noon wake up at noon and just instantly eat four <laughs> hot dogs an ice cream sandwich and like six yinglings yeah we're just eating shit that they didn't that didn't even exist back yeah. then like there's nothing <laughs> celebratory about it we're like I, but then again, nothing they had was good. Sorry, revolutionary soldiers. I'm not waking yeah. up and eating six gallons of gruel or whatever the fuck you got, porridge. Yeah, and that's what most people mistake when they think of, like, oh, traveling back in time, they'd be freaked out by the, te- the technology and shit. Yeah. Dude, if you brought back a hot dog... Oh, my God. 
<laughs> Imagine the possibilities. <laughs> you could wow people with anything. You could walk, you could go back with just like a magazine full of like current hot women and they'd be like, yeah. no <laughs> fucking way. We started wars over sixes. <laughs> no fucking way. <laughs> no, it's a big deal. Uh, obviously, um, you know, we haven't, uh, I think this is, you, you were in Boston, the home, one of the homes of the free. One of the homes of the free. You got Philly, you got Boston, uh, Baltimore's up there for us, I don't think other, I don't, it annoys me how few people in Baltimore, much less outside of Maryland, Baltimore, like, culture, realize that we are, this is where it kind of, like, the, the national anthem and all that shit began, mm-hmm. you know? It annoys me that even you talk to the average person from here and they just don't know that, you know. So we're a big we're a big city in in the context of like American history. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Philly gets all the credit. Uh, Boston gets a lot of credit. Um, yeah, and I saw then, the uh, I didn't see it in person, but I saw it from a boat. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bunker Hill like obelisk. And then I saw Bunker Hill. Where is Bunker Hill? in Charlestown, Massachusetts, a.k.a. Uh, okay. Boston. Boston! And then uh, after going to Boston, the only logical conclusion was coming back, I had to watch a Boston movie. So you went um, with uh, Goodwill Hunting? No, I went... Most people would have said Departed. Oh, yeah. Well, but I went with The Town, which is wow. the Brad Pitt heist movie. Okay. But Charlestown, apparently also in that movie, they say that more bank robbers have come out of Charlestown than anywhere in the world. Robbery capital of the world. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I would have thought we'd at least have them in that down here. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I assume it's been gentrified since that movie. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, it looked like Georgetown more than anything. Did like, you happen to go to Southie at all? I We stayed in Southie. Did you happen to notice that it's embarrassing that they try to talk that up as, like, their, like, bad part of town? I mean, like, I could see once upon a time it being the bad part of town, but now, you know, it's like we had a nice place. and That's what I'm saying. I like it's, walked around at night. It was fine. Uh, nice bars. It's your first time in Boston, right? Uh, second, second, but like the first time I went, I was like fresh out of eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And we just did like very touristy things. Mm-hmm. Like we watched, we walked like the Paul Revere trail or whatever. And that was about it. Saw like an old ass church. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. It's just when I went to Boston over the summer, uh, actually not over the summer, over the winter, it's currently summer. Mm -hmm. um, I just could not get over how nice it seemed like the entire city was. Mm -hmm. Not not nice, polite. They were not polite at all, which (laughs) they're like, they're very uh, uh, abrasive. But just the place was neat. It was neat. Even when yeah. you you go to Southie and like you know you watch all these Boston movies and all they talk about is I'm fucking Southie, you don't understand. I can't do that fucking accent. Yeah. I can't do it. But like it's like this is your Southie, dude. This is Essex. <laughs> you grew up in Essex, bro. Essentially, yeah. you yeah, know, by the water, like it's nice. Yeah, it's um, not bad. There's there. I mean, we definitely were in bad parts because uh, on our first day of the shoot. Um, like our clients are like, hey, we're, let's like we're gonna find a place to get coffee and meet up before and go over everything. Mm-hmm. So they're like, there's a McDonald's by the place we're shooting. Let's Uh-oh. just meet up there. We get there a little bit after like six, and the first it might have even been seven, but like we get there 
drive throughs open, but the doors aren't to get inside. And there's some like, you know, homeless people outside waiting to set up shop for You saw homeless day. people. Yeah. Wow. So then, you know, we try to go in, it's locked, we're like, fuck it, we'll wait for our client to get here. They finally showed up. We start walking towards the door and then someone lets us in and they unlock the doors for the day. You know, bing bada boom. Uh-huh. We walk in and we sit down, we start talking. And this woman comes in and just starts like yelling, like, I need coffee. I need a coffee. Can I get a free coffee? Da, 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 da. Don't talk to like, me until I have my coffee. <laughs> wow, this woman really likes So it. she like goes up to the manager up front, like, Yeah, can I, can, I, can I get a free coffee, please? Can I get, you know, whatever. She ignores her. She comes over to us. Come on, can I get a coffee, guys? Can someone get me a coffee? Da, 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 da. Uh huh. Everyone's like, No, sorry. No, 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 no. And then eventually, like, after a couple of minutes, our client's like, Hey, we're trying to have a meeting. Can you please leave us alone? Like, shouldn't have said that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> then she just starts screaming at us, calling us all the N word. Really? Uh, was she? Just uh, like four white guys. Was she, she a was black. white guy? Okay, no, no, cool. No. So, you know, calling us hard R N word. Okay. Which I haven't even heard in public. She's in a while. really from Boston, then. I, I guess. That, like, That's, yeah, I know. Spoken that, aloud in a while. Yeah, that gets you. Uh, yeah, it does take you off guard when you hear it in real life. You're like, wow, damn. Okay. And it wasn't even like she's like trying to say that we're calling her that yeah, or anything. Yeah, yeah. No, she was like, "You fucking," yeah. and like blasting, and it's like, "Oh my yeah. god." Um, eventually, she kind of like settles down. I think the one of the employees gives her coffee, and she sits down. That's about it for them. So but on our way out of the restaurant, me and Joe go back to our car. Client goes to their car. We're about to like pull out of the parking spot, and she runs up on our window and looks at us, and like kind of is like, "You guys need to brush your teeth or something." And I'm like, "What the fuck? Coming from you? Sure." Wow. But I think she was looking Got to see stains on your teeth. She's yeah. looking to see if we were one of the people <laughs> yelling at her. So it wasn't one of us. So she kind of ran over to the other car and she's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> Spitting at it, smacking the window, trying to fucking break the glass. Like, holy going shit. Going crazy. And our clients are just stuck at a red light being like, fuck, 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 turn green, turn green. Yeah, that's a moment. Um, Joey's behind them about to start f- filming it. And I'm like, I see her look back at Joey pulling his phone up and I'm like, put the fucking phone down. It's about to be us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Green light turns. Luckily they go off. We go off. And then like our shoot location is a block and a half away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, so oh, thank God it's green. All right. Park there are here. bad parts of yeah, Boston. Um, I, I got to say uh, point. The first takeaway of that story is folks, there are times in your life when it is perfectly excusable to run a red light. <laughs> if someone is attacking your car, spitting on it and trying to break in, um, maybe, you know, check your check your mirrors and just go for it. You know, you can you can go on a red light and then Yeah, don't hit a person. Don't but, hit yeah. a person. But you know, when you if, if there is a red light camera and you get a letter in the mail, that's a pretty good excuse. Like yeah. I think most judges would be like, yeah. Unless you get a dick judge, he's like, why didn't you just buy her a cup of coffee? You know, you're like, damn, I think you're missing the whole point here. Wow. Um, yeah, that's a lot. 
So I guess my experience was totally different in Boston. I did not have that experience at all. all that only happened I didn't one go to McDonald's, time. though. Yeah. And I feel like you're kind of asking, if you're going to get an experience, it's going to be at a McDonald's, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's weird, A, that, like I was saying before, Boston is always thought of as like a racist city. So I guess maybe the black people there try to fit in by somehow being more racist. They're like running know. around throwing the hard R's more than white people. You're like, okay, I guess, wow, you guys are really trying to fit in here. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't have that experience at all. Um, but overall, uh, it's been shit two weeks. I had some, I had some, uh, talking points here and, and, and the, uh, the problem is with two weeks and this social media landscape is that things become so old, so fast that I can't even believe I'm digging up the past to get our quick take on it in my hack talking point number one, the Titanic submarine. Mm. Got to touch upon it. That's a thing that happened. Uh, I got to be honest. Here, here, This is the first time since uh, last time, which is about a year ago. I don't, I don't think most people could even tell you the names, including myself. Do you remember that couple that was like really popular like a year ago and there was this guy they were like hitchhikers or something and the guy murdered the girl and they oh, thought gabby petito yeah petito gabby petito yeah can you open that door a little bit more yeah. well? thanks um that's good that's golden goose and uh it's one of those things where it's like it's refreshing that there's a an apolitical news story like topping the charts. Yeah. Um, but also, what is that? It's raining. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's like pouring right now. Holy shit. Maybe crack it less than. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and holy shit. It's really coming down like that. It's like breaking the gate on the microphones. That's good. That's the, I, that's the optimum sound barrier. Ideal the crack. That's what rain apparently sounds like in the microphones. Um, it's refreshing that there's a news story of that magnitude, but I, I could not get myself to care. Like with that Petito what? thing, the oh, Gabby Petito thing. thing. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I also could not bring myself to care about the submarine thing either. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was weird how quick, like, so many people were, uh, like, I don't know, like, they were defending, like, don't make fun of these rich people. Da 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 da. Like as if some rich organization is gonna be like, you did a good job defending billionaires. Here's money. Yeah. Look, I mean, I, I to- I thought that I would be a little bit more animist towards the people that were like making fun of the people that were dying. Um, because I think a general rule of thumb is I don't know why you would wish death or uh be apathetic to death of someone that you don't know uh, just because of the one thing you know about them, which is that they're rich. Uh, But at the same time, people do kind of have a point when they're like, uh, you know, they're they're dropping 250,000 on a this when they could be using it for that. But also... I don't even think it's using it for something else. It's just dumb as fuck to spend that much money and then see the thing you're going in and be like... Is that where the money's going? Well, that's like, the, that's where the trust why is put together by like junk scrap stuff. And that's when trusting the experts goes wrong because they're looking at oh look at these guys they they know what they're doing no no they're like the cool hip 
hip tech crew that like built a submarine out of like something and then uses a fucking Nintendo GameCube controller or something. And it's like, all right. But also, I don't think people quite understand the magnitude of the ocean uh, that I think fewer people have ventured down to the bottom of the ocean and made it back than have gone into space. Mm-hmm. Or or maybe gone to the moon or something like that, but it's like it's an unreal. You can you can shut it all the way. I we'll 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 do this. Rain can't last. It's unsustainable rain. Um, like the Marianas Trench, uh, which is the deepest part of the ocean, which I believe is where the Titanic is, is something like six miles deep. Mm-hmm. Picture, if you will, when you uh are in a swimming pool and you go to the deep end and let's say you're in like an awesome swimming pool and the deep end is like what 12 feet is 10 feet is like a house swimming pool maybe like an olympic swimming pool gets to 10 and you go down to the bottom and your ears really hurt because of the pressure caving in on your ears of 11 feet of water now imagine that times like 10,000 or maybe more 100,000 or a million it's insane the amount of pressure down there. Yeah. And I think people just, I don't think people, I think when you're that rich and a company comes along that says they got it figured out and, you, you know, I think a big part of it was that um, I think the tickets were super expensive, kind of helped to legitimize in people's minds that this is like a legitimate thing because mm-hmm. if nobody wants spirit airline ticket to the bottom of the ocean nobody i'm not taking delta frontier to the moon if there's one time in my life and i'm gonna splurge on a on a nice ticket it's gonna be going to the bottom of the ocean or going to the moon yeah so people don't want budget seating to the bottom of the ocean so they make these tickets two hundred fifty thousand dollars, which you're like all right that sounds about an enough amount of money that i believe you guys got your shit together mm-hmm. uh but I just don't, I don't think people, I think this kind of woke, like the big thing, the big takeaway from this, which is not about, in my opinion, it's not about the exploits of the rich. Um, because again, this is, this is the hypocrisy that kind of annoys me is anybody, when you get, when you come into some money, before you come into money, everybody has like a, a loose list in their head of all the things they want once they get money. Um, once you come into money, um, the first things you do generally, uh, you might dish some out and, and be a little bit more generous when you go out with your friends and blah, 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 blah. But for the most part, most of that money is getting spent on you, baby. You know, your paycheck, I cannot describe to you how much of my own money gets spent on me. Mm-hmm. It's easily the majority. And so this, you know, people, people get a check and they go out and they buy a fucking nice watch and then convince themselves as an investment or whatever guys do. Uh, or they'll buy like a nice handbag if you're a girl, a nice dress, shoes, whatever. Buy a nicer car, even though your old car still works, but you want the fucking, you want the Audi, you want the BMW. Like these are all unnecessary expenditures that you could easily make the argument that um, y- that money could have been better spent, uh, you know, giving it to someone who can't, who just wants a goddamn cup of coffee at McDonald's in Boston. <laughs> You know, who somehow manages to have great breath and great teeth, but no coffee. And that's probably why, you know, Mm -hmm. if you think about it. But it's like, look, uh, everyone is guilty of indulging themselves 
uh, whenever they have an extra amount of money. Now, just picture if you have an obscene extra amount of money. These, if you're a billionaire, you could donate ninety uh, percent of your income and still be a hundred millionaire. Like, you could give away virtually all your money relative to how much money you have and still have enough to buy 400 tickets on the goddamn Titanic space ocean ship, you know? So this whole attack of like, we don't know anything about these people and it kind of, like, I'm not saying they're great people, I'm not saying they're not good people, but the the idea that there was people on social media and stuff like that using the fact that they are rich as a justification to just kind of be happy they're dead, that's strange. I am saying I don't care mm-hmm. because I don't, because I don't know them. But that's as far as it should go, you know, because it almost makes, I almost feel like I feel more uncomfortable saying I don't care than someone who says, yeah, I'm glad it happened or fuck them, they're stupid. Because for whatever reason, people just think that having an first of all, you have to have an opinion, A, you got to have an opinion, uh, and B, you know, apathy is the biggest sin. You can't not care. You have to care even if caring is actually being thankful they fucking died, you know? I don't care because I don't know these people. I do care that people are using this as some sort of fucking thing to just attack people they don't know and be like, yeah, these fucking idiots, you know? mean, You know, it's just, it's it's hypocrisy all around. I think the bigger takeaway is that we were kind of led on this wild goose chase as the public for something like two days when... When all was said and done, apparently the Navy or whoever, the Coast Guard, whoever is in charge of this thing, they knew these motherfuckers were dead, like, before we even heard about the fucking story. Oh, yeah. And for- As soon as they lost contact with their, like, guiding boat, they knew they were dead. They just didn't have the, the, the vessel to confirm it, you know what I mean? Is that, so... That could be the reason why. Um, I don't know about all this stuff. I do know that, you know, you see news. They have, like, the fucking counter on the bottom of the screen with, like, how much oxygen is left Mm -hmm. and shit. And it's, like, this is another thing where you kind of have to appreciate the, the magnitude of the ocean, which is, like, dude, they are under hundreds of thousands of pounds of pressure if one little fucking thing just popped there's no like oh we're going down we're lost contact that fucking spaceship is getting crunched into a goddamn whatever yeah and everyone is dying immediately which if anything if that's what they think happened yeah it's better than running out of oxygen i would rather tell the family and be like hey uh Look, 99.9% chance that uh, they are dead and they died a quick and painless death. Like, as soon as this fucking thing gave, it was over. There was nothing. They didn't feel anything. Pressure killed them, whatever. They didn't drown even. You don't even, you don't drown at that depth. You get crushed to death immediately. It's like dropping a fucking anvil on your head. It's like, boom, you're over. Uh, Instead, their families are sitting there thinking that they're sitting at the fucking bottom of the ocean just counting their uh, breaths until they run out of oxygen. And it raises a lot of like, uh, it it raises a lot of questions on, A, did they know that, but kind of 
led us on a on a wild goose chase anyway in the media because it was a potential it's a story that they could run with and it could have is a money like they knew all along that it was game over from the jump but like this is a good way for us to get clicks and stuff or was it orchestrated as perhaps maybe even i don't necessarily say that i believe this but it's a potential that it could have been used as a distraction from other shit going on last week that's a possibility um, Wait, what else was going on last week? A lot week? of shit happened last week, dude. <laughs> Fucking uh, primary... Okay, so two big things, which uh, I had one on my notes, and surprisingly, I'm glad you asked because I forgot about the other one, which I think is even bigger. Um, you have the affirmative action thing with Harvard College admissions, Supreme Court case happened. That was in legis- That was in like debate or argument last week. It just The decision came out this week. But that was going on. You had... Uh, Hunter Biden's like criminal allegations like he went to court and shit that week that was all happening that week barely anybody talked about that he pled guilty to it um but so you have all this shit going on I think Russia and China s- signed some like m- unbelievable trade deal that like completely is going to fuck the US dollar like they basically like all but became like allies like mm-hmm. officially and in this war uh so that's a massive potential escalation in the current World War 3 process we seem to be in um, and all this stuff happened since last time we talked on the podcast. And all this stuff happened uh, conveniently while the entire world is talking about a crumpled up tin can at the bottom of the ocean that was a non-story from the jump. Um, and it's just, it, 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 there, there, there's, only, there's only one conclusion. There's two conclusions you come to um, f- closing out the submarine topic. But there's only two conclusions you come to when you recognize the, the facts about that situation, which... I may or may not be cloudy on. Um, best case scenario or worst case scenario, they knew that everyone on board was dead and uh, didn't give a shit uh, because it was an opportunity for them to make a story about it and lie to the public to manipulate people to bring them more out of revenue and clicks and, and viewership. Uh, that's the worst case or, or worst or worst case is that... Uh, they purposefully did it to distract the public from other things, more important things that were going on that they didn't want people to be talking about. But even the best case scenario is that, as far as the news goes, I guess that like, oh shit. Damn, God's trying to stop us. <laughs> um, that the news just didn't get the full story. When the Navy has come, was out and had already emailed and been like, yeah, they're fucking done. It's mm-hmm. over. But the news didn't catch wind of that and just ran with their own fucking thing anyway for three days straight or two days straight. It's like, okay, so best case scenario, you guys just don't have your fucking facts straight. Holy shit. Oh my God, they did not like that. I saw that Yeah. Best case scenario, you guys just don't have your fucking shit together and and you're unreliable. Worst case scenario is you're actively lying. So it's like, regardless of how you slice it, it's telling a lot of that shit going on, you know, with the submarine thing. And it's amazing, like I said, how quickly nobody has talked about that shit at all. And it's only been like, what, six days? Maybe less? I mean, also, oh, another thing that was happening last week uh, while that thing was going on was we found, you were in Boston, so you were probably closer. We found ourselves in our second plume of wildfire smoke in the past mm-hmm. month. Hey, and guess what? I didn't even see any of it until I was driving back. 
There's really? no no smoke in Boston. But then I drove through New York and Jersey. That doesn't make sense. And then I finally saw it. So I think the way the the smoke was coming down, it like went past without going like it it would have to go east instead of south. That's something we 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 didn't talk about the first time, but mm-hmm. I think it would behoove us to talk about now that it's happened twice because uh, the first time it happened, which was like three weeks ago or something, was the first time I had ever seen that. I'm assuming it's the first time pretty much anybody ever seen it because it's all people were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, not a normal thing. You know, we've had wildfires forever. It's Wildfires are actually a part of nature. It's actually a necessary part of nature um, to clear out old dead brush and wood and stuff and make room for new life. Um, but never in our lives or anybody that I've ever met's lives has a wildfire gotten so big and so out of control that a 2,000 miles away, we're sitting here in Baltimore and some fires going up in like northern Quebec and there's like plumes of smoke over our cities. And yeah, stuff. there's like air quality alerts. And then it, it happens so twice. What's going on? I mean, I, I believe mean, it's a fire, obviously. Yeah, I believe it's a fire. What's and happening I, with that? And they haven't... The out-of-control fire, if you would believe it. Mm-hmm. They haven't gotten under control yet. Well, what, did they get it under control for a second, and then, it, and then it got out of control again? Well, I think it's also... It has to do with, like, the weather patterns and stuff. Like, so, like, think about a nor'easter. That's when tropical wind from the Gulf comes up and meets Arctic wind from the north from Canada. Mm-hmm. And we just, you know, so happen to live in the area where those two meet... Uh-huh. AKA nor'easter. Yeah. So those those weather patterns are going on all year regardless and they change from being top tropical to, you know, arctic all throughout the year. So we're we're still just in that weather pattern and the winds are coming down from Canada. Mm-hmm. And there's so much smoke in it that by the time it's down here it hasn't even dissipated all of it yet. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so smoky. So you're saying it was probably the same amount of smoke going on for the past three weeks, but the weather pattern is what's bringing it in and out of our yeah. region. That's what I. That's what my guess would be. That's a good guess. Yeah. I think that's probably the case. Mm-hmm. Certainly the least fun one. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to remember, George Bush controls the weather. Well, that leads me to my <laughs> guess. <laughs> um, not that we're controlling the weather. However, I will say that... Uh, the weather in where we are has been unscrupulous lately. It's oh, rained yeah. like every day. We're getting like a jungle-like humidity. Yeah. And I made the conjecture over the weekend that uh, is it potential that this wildfire is, is kind of fucking with the weather patterns? Not on purpose, mm-hmm. but we talk all the time about how like, you know, like the same people that might say like, no dude, they're not connected. Like it's just June, it's raining. Those are the same people that would say like, if I like, you know, uh, drive my car to work, that that's leading to polar ice caps melting in Antarctica, which is not untrue. Uh, however, if a gigantic thousand mile radius wildfire is emitting smoke into the atmosphere everywhere, all around it, that that might not have some effect with the weather. Mm. I think that's a reasonable 
take. You know, if I don't recycle my Coke cans, I'm affecting the weather. But the giant wildfire in northern Quebec, which I was not aware that northern Quebec was uh, particularly a hot climate where wildfires are prevalent. I didn't, I thought wildfires were more in like dry, arid com- climates like California, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, I don't think I of mean, Quebec. Before all this rain we were getting, we were kind of in a drought. Like it, it hadn't rained since like before Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. So like you know that shit can happen anywhere. But the thing is with the Canadian wildfires, uh, like no one lives where the fires are. So it's like there's not really there's not uh, too much danger of it spreading to like livable places. Mm. Like taking out people people's houses and shit. So I think that's why we don't really hear much about it because it's not like the California wildfires where like they're coming up on like the edges of the highways and shit. And yeah, like going up and you know tearing down mansions and whatever. It's just weird. Like I can't imagine how big this fucking thing must be that we haven't gotten it wrong in yet, dude. You got to imagine what it looks like up there? from fucking space. You know what I mean? It probably looks like you're like hovering over a state on fucking google maps yeah but with a flame effect yeah like it's got to be crazy looking we need nathan Kala on the job dude we need I to know. send where's nathan Kala division of the u.s forest fire where's Smokey the bear himself nathan Kala. uh so Smokey's disappointed in you canada by the way yeah only you can start the world's biggest forest fire <laughs> and apparently what if they're just doing this for the guinness record <laughs> That is the a big problem with Guinness, dude. What if really, Justin Trudeau is just doing this for the the world record clout? What if they're just doing it for the Vine and they don't even realize that <laughs> Vine is Vine shut down? Yeah, has <laughs> he anybody, hit his head and he thinks it's 2014? Has anybody considered emailing Justin Trudeau and saying, "Dude, Vine is dead," and he's like, "Oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> fuck." Let's do it. What are those? No, dude, you're all wrong. <laughs> Damn, Daniel. You've got it all wrong, dude. Back at it with the forest fires. <laughs> that would be the most disappointing and most fun turn of events for this wildfire. <laughs> but so, yeah, that's another thing that's been going on. There's a lot of shit that's been going on. And, um, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't have the, uh, the uh, what's it called? The the Hunter Biden thing in the in the repertoire today because mm-hmm. i kind of forgot about it but that is an interesting thing too because he basically took a plea deal and his charges were like felony gun possession and like something about taxes or whatever mm. he and got the john moran deal basically yeah you know, yeah he got not the he travis scott deal 30 McDonald's. days <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> from smoking crack from smoking crack <laughs> <laughs> so a 30-day crack suspension um that's a that's a good example of uh also oh another fun thing uh as we speak as well trump is being indicted for the class of the classified documents thing so there's a lot going on that mm-hmm. this uh submarine thing was uh i'm sorry submersible was uh quite the non-story in my opinion uh but conveniently was the story i think i'm gonna put i, I never took it off but i'm so i'm gonna leave my tinfoil hat on for a moment mm-hmm. and suggest the psyoptic nature of our political uh, sphere at the moment. Right now, Trump is being indicted for uh, some basically improper handling of classified documents, uh, which is essentially the same thing that Hillary was on trial for 
Um, so it's it's not unprecedented by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I could see him going to jail, which would be nuts, but I could see it. Um, and I think potentially what's going on on the opposite side of this spectrum is I think that the justice system kind of needs to put on the air of balance, meaning that I think that they understand that if they criminally prosecute Trump and send him to jail, uh, that they need something to be like, well, we also went after those guys too. And so the plea, um, there's a story that my dad told me about, uh, when he, he was a teenager and he his friends were in the basement. My dad wasn't smoking weed. He was never a big weed guy, but his friends were high in the basement. And my grandfather, who's an alcoholic, his father, uh, came downstairs and he noticed that the friends were all kind of acting strange, right? Because mm-hmm. they were high. Yeah. And so the grandfather comes down and goes, you guys are acting weird. Were you guys fucking drunk or something? You guys been drinking? And they're 17-year-olds, so they're not really allowed to do either. Yeah. And then... The, the neighbor boys in that moment saw an opportunity to take a plea deal, basically, being mm-hmm. like they just admitted to being drunk, even though that was because they were high. So they were yeah. like, you got us, man. We're drunk. Sorry. And, and what's he going to say? He's drunk, too. Yeah. So so he's just like, yeah, fucking you guys think you fucking sneak beers past me. I'm on you, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, the whole time they're high. So they recognize that like we could kind of plea to a lesser uh, charge, essentially, and kind of get out get away with the bigger thing, which is the yeah. fact that we're smoking weed. Um, what's so funny and so kind of insulting, in my opinion, about the whole Hunter Biden thing uh, is I don't think most people care. I don't care really about his fucking crack escapades and his uh, whatever else, prostitutes and shit like that. Like, yeah, you know, the stuff where he's like fucking his... Uh, brother's or dead brother's wife is kind of weird. But it's like, you know, I expect people to be weird and dirtbags. And I'm not going to, I don't like if people accuse Trump's family of being weird because I don't think it's relevant. And so I, I would hold the same thing and be like, look, if, if Joe Biden's son's a piece of shit, like that's kind of irrelevant. It just sounds like an attack. Um, what I think most people are truly concerned about is the potential that, uh, there was uh, being used uh, some type of corrupt type of like pay to play type thing where Hunter Biden was kind of like making deals with people and they were cashing in on that as a family. And that it was like kind of like a a whole corrupt thing going on. Um, I think that's what people want to know. And I think that's what's more pertinent, obviously, to the average American. It doesn't matter to me or the average American if Hunter Biden smokes crack right now. Yeah, but Hunter Biden, suspension. Smoking crack and fucking prostitutes is the equivalent of, you know, five guys getting can crushed. Five guys getting what? Can crushed. What's that? Uh, you know, when a submersible goes too deep. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so I think what's going on right now is the DOJ, the Department O Justice, O stands for O, I believe, um... They're indicting him basically on all these kind of like the most frivolous and irrelevant and minorist. I think you can probably open that door up again. I feel like, are you bacon as well? 
Oh, dude, I'm, you have jeans on. You got to remember that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're not feeling this. I'm like, okay, it's beautiful now. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fine. Perfect. Um, I think that uh, they basically charge him with these things and go like, look, dude, just plead guilty to him. Don't fight it. Just plead guilty. We'll, we'll, he doesn't go to jail or anything. So just like now we can say that we prosecuted you. Even though we did not address any of the actually relevant things of this whole ordeal. Mm -hmm. This, I mean, like, I hate, I hate the whole whataboutism thing and I hate to sound overtly uh, one-sided in this approach. But I think there are obviously situations where if you, if you look at the objective facts and, and, and circumstances surrounding these instances, it's kind of hard to attempt to say that there is no clear bias in the way these people are treated. Um, the attempt to compare uh, what Hillary Clinton was accused of to what Donald Trump is accused of, and I'm not saying either one is right, but when you factor in, when we talk about the whole Hillary's emails and Bernie coming out, I'm tired of hearing about her damn emails, and it's like, all right, man, I honestly liked you a lot until you said that, to be honest. But why? Why are you tired of hearing about him? Why, why are you tired of hearing about a person who is Secretary of State, who was running stuff on a private server, which is great. Okay, whatever. You could make the argument that that was just being stupid. Okay, so you have all these classified things coming in and out on a private server. Here's the kicker, though. When those emails are subpoenaed, you go out of your way to get the BleachBit program and wipe your, all your server clean of any possible evidence that the court could use against you after they subpoenaed that evidence. Is that the actions of a person who is not guilty of something? Is that the actions of a person who carelessly mishandled documentation? Or is, it, is that the actions of a person who knowingly was doing something fucked up and used the fact that she could do something that no one else, if you or I did that, if you or I was subpoenaed to court and they said, we want you to bring this thing to court, and I said, ah, shit, that sucks, because after I got that letter, I threw it down my garbage disposal. We'd fucking go to jail for contempt of court. We'd get tried for that. It would be used. I don't know how the legal system works. It wouldn't be good. We certainly wouldn't be running for president. Mm -hmm. I could tell you that much. So this idea that like, and then you have James Comey, who was the, who was the leader of the FBI at that time, comes up on stage and literally says, yeah, she did uh, mishandle uh, classified documents. She did, uh, you know, purposefully and delete them after the evidence was subpoenaed. And we do have reason to believe that that server was hacked by uh, foreign adversaries several times. We have reason to believe that that was hacked several times. But we don't think she did it on purpose. So we're not going to prosecute. And it's like, okay, fair. I guess if that's how, if that's the new thing, if we're going to prosecute this type of thing off of intent, like the only way you can be found guilty of mishandling of classified material is if you purposefully did it, I guess. I don't know. Maybe you could make an argument of that. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but if that's how we're going to do it, then I don't understand why it's not applied all around. I, I mean, I do understand. I'm being facetious when I say I absolutely understand why that little tidbit of information is left out when you approach somebody from the opposite side of the political sphere. I it, mean, but also, to be fair, like, 
all of the uh, email stuff, like, I mean, you said it may have been compromised or whatever. It was on a, a secure-ish server as opposed to just, like, in boxes in storage at a hotel. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would venture to say that, I mean, I'm no scientist, but I'd venture to say, if anything, if you're in Afghanistan... I'm not making. I'm not just trying to defend either one of these actions. I'm just saying that I think there's an argument to be made that uh, it's it could be easier if you're a hacker to access classified documents on a server that you can access rather than having to physically break into somebody's house and retrieve the information. I don't know, uh, and and I guess my 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 larger point is that it's like. I'm just saying what the FBI said, which is that we have reason to believe that that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they said. They didn't say it could have happened. They said we have reason to believe that that did happen. Um, so, and that's people that are doing everything in their power to not make this a thing. And even they had to come out and say that, which means it was probably much worse than even that. Mm-hmm. Because nobody who's trying to fight for your public image and basically doing everything in their power to not prosecute you, where even they have to come out and say, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was broken into me tells me it's like when a girl tells you her body count it's probably three times multiple that whatever number she gives you that's the lowest possible estimate trust me so it's like i'm just i'm just based off of that you know the the thing to me what i would care about is you know we fucking pursued the whole russian collusion thing and everything going on like that and it's like people you know p i i would love to know if there was any type of, because this is the problem, is that this shit is so common. It's not just the Biden, it's not just the Clintons, it's not just Trump and stuff like that. But the level, I mean, we look at these politicians who are making all this fucking money, and then you look at their fucking uh, salaries, and it's like, oh, I wonder how this person who's making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year is somehow, you know, a hundred millionaire or something like that. And it's like, oh, because they all have access to inside information for stock trading. They all have access to doing the worst thing is the even the stock trading thing doesn't quite bug me that much. It's like, ah, oh, you motherfucker. But it's like, I mean, it's wrong and it should be. I wish it was handled more seriously. But even compared to that. The idea that these people in positions of power are basically, they set up these like front charities and these speaking fees and shit and all these kind of like money laundering systems to kind of be like, look, man, if you want like, oh, you know, you're in Ukraine, you want some fucking energy deal sign, maybe, I don't know, maybe you, this sounds reasonable to me. What other reason would, would Hunter fucking Biden be on the chair of some fucking fuel firm out there? Also odd that we're in a war over there a, 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 a year after Biden becomes president. I don't know. That could be a coincidence, too. Just kind of a lot of shit going on. It's like, look, it's kind of because I wanted to talk about RFK, too, because I, I, I think I don't know if you had a chance to check him out. He's a pretty interesting guy, um, aside oh, from the no. voice, aside from his voice. I've only ever seen uh, videos with the sound off of just him shirtless trying mm. to do push ups and shit. And it turned me off. Mm. Also, I just don't know why. I don't know who the fuck that guy is, and why the fuck is he coming out of the woodworks now to do this? Uh, I feel like that's freaky. He's fucking Kennedy's nephew. Yeah, but I get that, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. It seems like some weird psyop in itself. Look, I'm no fucking Democrat. You know that. Because everyone keeps trying to 
well, isn't he running as a Republican? No, he's running he's as, running Democrat. as a Democrat. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah, I want to. I, I have a clip. That I, I want assumed you to he was a Republican at some point. No, he's a Democrat, and that's why I say I'm no fucking Democrat, and everybody knows that. Um, but I fucking like that guy. He's. I'm not saying I'm going to vote for him, but in terms of like like we talked about with Bernie and even Trump and stuff like that, where you get the sense that it's a person who really means what they say. I respect that quality in a person. And honestly, I agree with most of the shit he said, honestly. I know, obviously, a lot of the stuff... Look, the fucking doing push-ups and shit is one thing. Whatever. Whatever. Biden wishes. Trump wishes they could do push-ups. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to hate on a man for being jacked. Uh, but, you know, going back to the whole politicians, because I, I did want to get into RFK a little bit. Just I want to play a clip for you from his town hall that I thought you might like. Um because again, it, it, the unfortunate thing is his voice is kind of unlistenable. Mm. Makes it really difficult to imagine him being the president. But once you get used to it, you're like, I, I, mean, why, I wouldn't be mad if he was president. I'll put it that way. I would mm. not be mad if he was president. As a, as a, as a non-Democrat voting person, I would not be mad. Um, but uh, yeah, going back to the politicians, it's like when you have examples of politicians being in these positions of power, which they can then use as leverage to get people to be like, hey, like, you know, maybe I'll get this policy passed in this country if maybe you donate, I don't know, $100 million to my charity foundation and blah, 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 blah. And that shit's going on constantly. And then you get a fucking evidence of it happening potentially with the you know access to emails and stuff like that and and then it's removed from the media and it's like dude people just want to know what the fuck's going on and 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 real quick just about the rfk thing that was a great thing i thought he said about just like the whole idea it's like we always talk about trying to like unify america and get rid of the division and shit like that and 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 just kind of like the general distrust in the government that virtually everyone has at this point like to the point where like you know in the 60s, when we talk about like the Gulf of Tonkin and the Bay of Pigs and other shit we don't know about, we don't have no idea what they are. But like it was one of the first times where the, like, the public actually caught their government lying to them. Mm. And ever since then, there's been this like steady decrease in the trust in the government. We're, now we're to the point where I think something like four out of five people when surveyed say that they don't trust anything the government tells them. And how do you get to that point? You get to that point by now, you know, you can't even like... If anything, wouldn't you want to get to the point where you're like, well, this fucking piece of shit on this side of the aisle got caught doing this. This piece of shit got caught doing that. And it's like, you know, my point is all this shit's fucking happening. And uh, I don't know. It's a lot. But I did want to. Um, yeah, pull up this clip. I'll uh, I'll listen to this guy once. Yeah, I'll give it to you. I just think, uh, let me see. I had a timestamp, I believe. But then I ruined that timestamp by playing American Pie. By Don McLean. RFK. What really honestly got me hooked was when he talked about how his father was assassinated by the CIA on Bill Maher's show. I was like, damn, that is... I ripped up, you know, which I'm very embarrassed to say by this administration, by the Democratic administration. And also the policies were changed so that the presumption is everybody gets in. And I witnessed it myself. They, they're given a court date. Is he only Jack and because he sounds like this? I and think people so. like will assume he's like extorted, they're being raped, they're being robbed. Um, the cartels are question. now running U.S. immigration policy, and there and everybody knows that. There have been nine. All right. So this I think is a is a take on immigration, and you can a before I just as a preface to this. Again, this popped up on my YouTube, and I was not going into this expecting to see it. 
I clicked on a, a thumbnail of something else when he talked about how his father, Robert Kennedy Sr., was assassinated, how he believes there's no way it wasn't the CIA. And he goes through the whole story on Bill Maher's show. And he, Bill Maher was like, wow, I didn't know all those details. And that's nuts. Um, and so then the next video that popped up was his town hall that just came out four days ago. And so I was like, fuck it. I'm doing gambling shit on the computer next to the TV. I'll listen to it. And I'm listening to it. And uh, he's just going through. And I'm like, God, A, I can't help but think like, it's crazy how we've gotten to this point politically in this country where there's like identifiable Republican talking points and Democratic talking points. Like if you have X opinion on Z issue, that means you're this side. It's like cut and dry. And there's not really, it doesn't seem to be a lot of room for like the entertainment of, you know, like the idea is like Republicans are never going to have like a moderate you know, reasoned conversation about abortion. It's just got to be not, never, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then on the same token, Democrats are never going to have a reasoned conversation about maybe, let's say, gun control or something like that or immigration or something like that. And so it's like you have to take these like hardline stances. You either are apparently a racist piece of shit uh, or you think that absolutely no person is illegal or that guns, you know, whatever. You get what I'm saying. And so it was interesting to hear a guy running as a Democrat um, saying things that I feel like most Republicans not only have been saying, but also kind, also easily agree with. I think he's saying it in a different way, which is awesome. But you can even see the 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 moderator, the the person moderating the thing, like trying so hard to hang on to these kind of like I guess Democratic talking points, and even saying things like, "Well, you do realize that like." this percentage of the Democratic Party doesn't agree with that thing and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I mean, I, I'm just telling you the truth. Like, this is what I believe and blah, blah, blah. And I respect that because most politicians, if, you're, if your aim is to just be a politician and just keep getting votes, then you just yeah, become... Just please the most, you, the biggest demographic. You whatever. sample people, you crowdsource, you know, you crowdsample information. What do, this peop, what do these people want? And then you fucking just take that position. That's how you have people like, you know people that in 08 like fucking obama who was against gay marriage and then in 2012 he's you know now for gay marriage because he realized that that's not a stance that people want anymore apparently for their voting base and it's like okay well that's cool um but yeah this is good Welcome back. The vast majority of questions we got from our audience concerned border security. Mr. Kennedy, you were recently at the border. You toured it to get a firsthand look. You called it a dystopian nightmare and said that you would seal the border. And I want to go now to our first question from the audience, Jose Josue from Chicago. Hello. I'm the son of Mexican immigrants and the husband of a Honduran immigrant. And so my question is on immigration. Uh, with Congress unable to reach an agreement on comprehensive immigration reform in decades, what is your plan to address immigration? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, and thank you, Jose. Um, is it Jose? Okay, I, um, I don't think that it's going to be possible to get an immigration reform package through Congress until we seal the border. Because we've got now, uh, We've gotten out in the last three years, seven million people have come across the border illegally. And, it, and you know, the most disturbing part of me is I witnessed the humanitarian crisis, the cruelty to these people who are being brought to the border. They're being exploited, they're being extorted, they're being raped, they're being robbed. Um, the cartels are now running U.S. immigration policy, and, they're, and everybody knows that. There have been nine... We were told by the Border Patrol there have been nine suicides of Border Patrolmen in the last year 
uh, because they're so demoralized about what's happening. They are literally, well, it took me three days to the board to understand what's happening. The first night I saw, I watched, you know, I got there at two o'clock in the morning, stayed there until about four, and I watched just hundreds and hundreds of people coming across. The first group was about 60 African uh, men from West Africa, mainly from Cameron. Uh, I thought I was going to see Central Americans and, you know, Guatemalans and Salvadorians, and, but I didn't. We only saw in the whole night, there was only two families from Latin America, one from Colombia and one from Peru, and all of them had been brutalized and every penny taken away from them. The, the rest of them were from Azerbaijan, Uzbekistan, um, Kazakhstan, Tibet, Nepal, Pakistan, and many, many from China. The cartels are now advertising all over the world that we heard there's an open border. And they, and they are bringing people in. They give them videos about exactly what to do. They fly to Mexico. They're given visas there, internal visas in Mexico. They go from Mexico City on a plane to Mexicali. They're loaded on fleets of buses and then brought to the border. They cross. The only role of the Border Patrol is to stamp them in and check if they have a criminal record. If they don't, they are brought to the airport and they are given to a, a ticket to any city in the United States that they want to go to. Well, they have to demonstrate need and apply for asylum. No, well, it, no they, they're given a court date. And the court date is a cursory court date. It's like an arraignment. And then their real court date, which they don't, they, they, do not, they probably, they're not going to show up to, is seven years later. So they're essentially given a seven-year pass to stay in this country. So and how would you seal the border? Well, you know what? It's it's not that hard. Because I, you so know, how would you do it? I would do it. I, I mean, there's a number of things that you have to do. I was against Trump's wall, but having seen it down there, I see that there there's you were required to give a physical barrier during certain, not all the way, 2,200 miles from San Diego to Brownsville, Texas, but certain highly densely populated areas. You need a physical barrier. But in the hinterlands, in the wilderness areas, you can use sensors like they do in Israel, the ground sensors and the towers. The AI breakthroughs too. Uh, but only, but uh, you would rebuild, you would resume the building of, of Trump's border wall? Well, a lot of it now has been rebuilt. You know, we, uh, Mayorkas, who's the DHS secretary, recognized that the gaps in that wall, that we shouldn't have left them. But it's not, it's not so much the wall, it's the other censoring devices that were all uh, ripped up you know, which is, I'm very embarrassed to say by this administration, by the Democratic administration. And also the policies were changed so that the presumption is everybody gets in. And I witnessed it myself. And we can't have well, that. Everybody's not getting in. Yes, everybody gets in. There are crowds of people waiting to try and apply through the new app that the Biden administration has set up. They're setting up. As for legal set. immigration. Oh, you're talking about illegal immigration. I'm talking illegal immigration. Yes. Everybody gets in. I watched it. Seven million people have come in. Just the, the, the one little section I, I was at in Yuma, there's 350,000 people came here before. But what, you know, I met with the Yuma authorities. I met with the hospitals. I met with, the, you know, the, 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 the centers that take care of the immigrants who are, you know, beleaguered. I met with the Border Patrol and the sheriff, and everybody agreed it could be stopped. It could be wound down to what it was before this administration, which was about 25 people a day, which is not a big problem. But having now, it's 300 to 800 a day. 
And that, you know, no nation can survive if they can't protect their borders. We need, I would, you know, as president, I will expand legal immigration. I will make it easier, particularly for workers to come across on the H visas and, um, and then, you know, and bring in and have an orderly system that benefits our country. We need immigration is good for our country. This kind of immigration is unfair to everybody and particularly to the immigrants that have been brought here. And then over the long term, they, you know, the immigrants that have poured in from Latin America, a lot of them are coming up because of policies, wrongful policies that the U.S. has had the drug wars, the, uh, the austerity programs, the support of Juntas, the, you know, the war on the poor that we've maintained so for so many years, and we need to change those policies as you, well. You mentioned the drug wars, and fentanyl has been a scourge in uh, cities and towns. So that was just the segment on immigration. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, uh, if nothing else, it was interesting to hear, in my opinion, what in my opinion is a pretty reasonable take, mm -hmm. you know? Where it's not, he's not sitting there being like, build the wall and all kinds of shit. But he's also not sitting there being like, oh, you know, everybody just come on in. What the fuck? Who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. Um, and I, it, it was interesting to see how, I can't have myself this big on the screen. It's freaking me out. <laughs> it was interesting to see how, like, this woman who's moderating the thing is, like, so ingrained in, like, pitching these talking points and being like like the the big deadest the most blatant example is like when she's like well that's not true not everybody gets in like blah blah, blah. there's people crowds and, and he's like well that's legal immigration i'm talking and she's like oh you're talking about illegal immigration it's like yeah what the fuck did you think we were talking about yeah i mean you've been kind of getting away with just being able to say something like well that's not true they have and it's like the second somebody goes like well literally you're just talking about a different thing and you knew what I was talking about. You can't be that stupid. You're not sitting here. Well, I don't even know if they knew. I think it's just like uh, tunnel vision. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you hear a uh, you know a certain type of take on an issue. Yeah. And you 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 know mm -hmm. you jump you jump the gun. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I think I think if uh, my brother was saying that there's no way he's gonna do well in the primaries and blah blah blah, I was like, I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think. People are stupid. I think that people are just not used to, uh, um, and you can see how quickly it starts. You can see how quickly, like before you even know who RFK is, you know that he's apparently anti-vaccine, so they say, and everything. And it's like you know everything they want you to know about him before you even know a single fucking thing about him, because the second you're identified as a threat to whatever they have going on. They're I gonna mean, is he an anti vaccine though? They asked him about that. I didn't want to bore you with another and he's clip. Like, I think that's what fucked up my voice. <laughs> um his basically to some I, I didn't sound like this before the COVID vaccine, I swear. <laughs> um, I had a hot voice. Yeah, well, he did say that he had a great voice before he got like spasms or whatever, but he didn't say that was because of the vaccine. He also was didn't even really talk about the COVID vaccine at all. He was more so his whole thing has been more about like childhood autism with like fucking other vaccines. Um, but they did bring that up in the... Uh, That's a weird thing. Like, Jenny McCarthy popularized that one. Yeah, I'm not saying... Well, I guess what I'm saying is if you listen to... Which, again, it's all these clips are fairly long, so I, I, I don't want to bore everybody with playing another clip. But 
I think if, uh, you know, if anybody wanted to take the time and actually go, if you're curious to know what he says about that, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised because I kind of went into this also only knowing those things about him, only hearing those things about him and also not being a fucking Democrat. So I don't give a shit, whatever. And then listening to him and be like, oh, this guy is not uh, once again, surprise, surprise. His actual stance on the issue is nowhere near as insane or unreasonable as they would have you think. I mean, literally, they had like a doctor ask him, like, you know, you have this thing about vaccines. And he's like, well, you know, he's basically saying kind of similar things that we've talked about in the past. Where he was like, look, the reality is, uh, you know, vaccines are good. I'm not saying that all of them cause this fucking shit. But what I am saying is like, you know, he's a fucking lawyer. And he was like, we went talk to Anthony Fauci. This is 10 years ago before COVID is even a thing. And we're like, you know, do you have any long term pre-licensing uh, placebo tested data on these vaccines before they were released to the public? And they were like, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Blah, blah, blah. And basically saying like that, meaning like have these any vaccine that has been released to the public. Is there any example of these things before they were licensed for distribution, having been under uh, subject to any long term testing where you actually not only saw the immediate results of it or not only saw the efficacy of presenting preventing the disease itself, but the long term potential side effects of that and what that could lead to? And the answer is, I couldn't believe this either. No, that he they insisted they did. And then they kept on pushing. It was like, okay. And they were like, well, we can't get you any right now. We'll send it to you. Years go by. Finally, he literally emails him and goes, oh, shit. He emails him and goes, yeah, we actually, we don't, we don't have any. So not a single fucking one. And he's not saying, again, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that these are causing things. But he was talking about it. He's like, look, you know, like the, um, the chicken pox vaccine, when it was uh, released, they realized it actually, yeah, it's really great at preventing the chicken pox vaccine. But down the line, they found that it leads to a higher uh, increase of sip of um, not syphilis, fucking shingles, which is like the bigger one, you mm-hmm. know, like chicken pox and then shingles. It leads to more shingles outbreaks down the line in vaccinated populations because it actually mm-hmm. lowers your immunity for that. And it's like, yeah, so yes, again, it, and he talked about like certain medications. He, he brought up the example of the fucking opioids and he was like, look, and he, so she was like, so you're saying that all these doctors are lying and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I'm not saying they're lying, but in the same way that like, you know, when they were telling you that like Oxycontin isn't addictive, it's blah, 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 blah. And like, yeah, these doctors were told that because big pharma put out that it this is the way it is. And doctors are sitting there going, okay, so this is the information and that's the information I'm working with. All these doctors aren't running independent fucking studies. It's, it's ludicrous to think that they're doctors. You know, the pharmaceutical companies put out there, they claim to do studies. They maybe they do do studies, don't get the results they want, and just fucking lie about it, like they did with the fucking addictiveness of drugs. It's like so, like we have so many examples of these pharmaceutical companies basically taking advantage of the fact, especially when it comes to vaccines, um, that we we pass laws in this country that kind of make them immune from like if anything does go wrong with them, they have the immunity to that, and that was a big push for them. And then once that happens, there's no more incentive for them to actually make sure. Uh, of any of the potential negative outcomes. It's a, I guess what my point is and what I guess what his point is and what I took from it is there's a short sightedness in big pharma, which is centered around you have an objective and that objective is to stop the spread of this disease. Okay, great. So you create a vaccine or a medication or a pill or whatever that may be to stop the spread of that disease. But at what cost? If you're stopping the spread of chickenpox but increasing the spread of shingles, is this a viable thing to put out to the public? Is this a good thing to mandate to the public? Again, 
one of my favorite things he said, and I thought it was a great way of putting it, is he said, look, we don't exist in a priesthood in this country. This is not, we don't have a dictatorship. You know, like, so much of our, our pharmaceutical industry, so much of what we, our health industry is controlled by big pharma. And this idea that after all of the times we've seen where we've been lied to at the expense of ourselves and our own public health for their profit, the idea that we're not allowed to question them, or it seemed like a, a tinfoil conspiracy-minded wacky thing to say like, well, maybe this is that. That's a very valid point. And I'm not sitting here saying that like, yo, you know, fucking vaccines called, I don't fucking know. But the point is, it's this, it's this, there's so many facts on the other side of that argument that are ignored to push forward one side of the argument because I believe it's a well-intentioned thing. I think that there's good intentions when people go like, look, if we put too much information out that might deter people from getting vaccinated, that might lead to more people not getting vaccinated, which is going to lead to more deaths. So yeah, it's not an ill-intentioned thing, but it seems to be at the expense of like, you know, we have to, as a public, if you're going to fucking take a thing and be told to take a thing. And this, again, he didn't, they didn't even talk about COVID in this conversation. They're talking about just vaccines and heroin and opioids and things. Just all the different examples we've seen for the past hundreds of years um, that these questions do and should exist. And, and more generally than not, um, a lot of the information is suppressed in an effort to try to immunize themselves from ever having to fucking be culpable for any of these things after they make their money and then years down the line, have you ever, if you were subjected to this medication in 1994, oh really? So, so you're, you mean to tell me there was no way of knowing if that would have happened if you didn't just fucking put it, it you, you made your fucking money and now you're going to take a class action lawsuit where you're going to have to pay back, I don't know what, maybe 5% of all the money you made as a result of selling that drug? They know that. It's the same thing with fucking recalls. Trust me, the only way you ever get a fucking recall letter in your mail when for your car, which I just got, is just like in that scene in Fight Club. You know, if we determine that the amount of people that are going to die is going to lead to amount of lawsuits that are going to uh, supersede the cost of actually doing this free repair for every model of this car, then we'll issue the recall. If we determine that it's going to be less than the cost it's going to cost us to do the repair, we'll just let people fucking die. And that's the way it is. And it's it's so strange how it's like, again, the label Democrat and Republican, the label of anti-vax, the label of this and that, it's, stop, it's, it's a way of stopping the debate immediately. It's a way of, of getting people to not entertain new information. And I see it happening to myself. I, whenever I see myself feeling like I'm getting a little too far in one direction, I do have to make a conscious effort to not let that happen, you know, because it's so easy to do that, um, which is why I was just, in, I was just, I was, I guess I, I had a similar experience to when I first saw Bernie Sanders in 2016, mm -hmm. the same feeling I had where I was like, wow, this guy is really just like, he's really speaking. He's not, that's not, I couldn't, I, I could not. I don't know if I'd call that speaking. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you what, I could not imagine fucking, I could not imagine Biden sitting there in that form. Oh, no, I yeah. couldn't imagine it. And it's weird not, to see not that happen. Those coherent trains of thought. No way. Absolutely not. And it's weird that, that we as a country seem to think that, uh, we shouldn't expect that. Like, it's not like I'm asking that from, uh, our, our, uh, actors, but it's like, I think if there's one person we should expect to be able to sit down and have a coherent long form conversation about something, it would be the president. And it's weird that we think we're spoiled for asking for that. No. But regardless, um, 
There was only one. Did you have any other things you want to touch upon? Um, I'm trying to think. I mainly just had my trip. I had that McDonald's story. Um, hmm. Throw your throw yours out. I'll see if I have something kicking around. Um. Yeah. The last thing. It's a. Uh, it was we actually touched upon it earlier, but it was another big story that actually is bigger this week. This is the most I would say relevant topic to right now because this just started popping off like two days ago, which is this Supreme Court case in regards to affirmative action with college admissions. Um, and basically, the background for that is I've been hearing about this case for a while, and I guess you know the way the legal system works in my rudimentary understanding is that like you know you sue a place privately for whatever it may be they infringe on your rights or some type of thing and then you know the decision is made by the local thing and then you appeal it to a higher court and if the higher court takes the appeal then it maybe it goes to the highest court in that area maybe the state's highest court and then if it becomes a big enough thing um the supreme court takes it Mm -hmm. so that's actually what happened recently why all the gun laws changed seemingly overnight when it came to handgun licenses because There was a guy in New York last year whose case reached the Supreme Court of America, United States Supreme Court, basically saying that um, in in a lot of states, including Maryland, uh, the state was what's called a May-issue state when it came to handguns. Now, in Maryland, anybody can purchase a rifle. That's why I own a shotgun. shotgun, Or a shotgun. Yeah, any type of, like a rifle, you know, a shotgun, whatever. Long gun. Long gun. That's semi-automatic. Yeah, sure. Uh, Machine guns, however, are not, automatic weapons are not legal. You cannot buy a fucking machine gun legally unless you have like an crazy, I think it's, I don't even know how you do it or if you can, but I know we can't. But handguns in a lot of the more tight states, gun control wise, were always a thing where it's like basically in Maryland, for instance, you have to, A, get your uh, purchasing permit, which is then, that doesn't give you the right to uh, carry a gun. It just gives you the right to purchase one. So you have to be 21 to purchase one, and then you have to take a course, like eight-hour course, which then gives you the license to own one. And then after that, there's like a whole other thing where you have to like have a license to be able to like carry it on you. Yeah, conceal carry. Or any type of carry, open carry, like conceal other states differentiate where there's like concealed carry permit, other carry. In Maryland, I can own a gun. Up until a couple of years ago, I could own a gun. And actually still now I could own a gun with just my purchasing permit, my handgun, like quali- my whatever. But that just means I'm allowed to like have it in my house. I can't even like have it in my glove compartment in my car. I could have it like in my trunk with the bullets in a separate compartment, but like I can't like whatever. That's a whole other license. So like you can have a gun in your house, but like the argument was like, well, okay, so, but I got a gun because I was, whatever my reasons were, and now you're telling me that I can own a gun in my fucking nightstand, but I can't take it anywhere. What good does that do? So, basically, you'd have to take a whole other, like, 16-hour course and training and stuff like that, and then, then, at that point, because the state police is the ones who handle the permit issuing, it's what's called a May issue state, meaning after you've completed all that, they can decide if they want to give you one or not. It's not a guarantee. They still have the right to say, you gave us your reason for it. You completed the things and all the, you jumped through all the hoops, but we don't think your reason was that good enough or whatever, so we're going to still revoke your license. And he was basically saying that that was unconstitutional, that he was like, look, 
I don't have any felonies. I don't have any of this. I don't have any of that. I jumped through all the hoops. I completed all the courses. I spent the money on the trading programs. And now I still got denied for my carrier's license. That is a that is an example of an infringement on my right to carry. Like he wasn't even arguing that you should have to have courses or anything. It's just like if you're gonna, it's like getting your driver's license and then passing all the things. And they go, well, you still, we just decided you don't have a good enough reason to drive. So yeah. your reason for needing to drive is not doesn't doesn't compel me. So he so basically that went all the way up to the top, and then the Supreme Court ruled in favor of him. Saying, yeah, like if if you're a state, you have the right to set in in purpose your like laws for qualifi qualifying for a gun and to carry it but at that point if those people complete those things you can't still deny them because now you're actively just withholding them access to guns uh regardless of what they do so that was found in favor of him and then because the supreme court found that all the states who had laws like that in place this this case took place in new york but because it was a national supreme court case that basically ruled it unconstitutional for all states to do that um, all the states basically overnight, including Maryland, just made it like, all right, well, we're no longer a may issue state. We're now what's called a shall issue state, meaning once you do our shit, as long as you're not a felon or any of the other things, red flags, whatever, if you do it, you get the permit, you know, which, you know, I think it's kind of hard to argue otherwise unless you really, really, really don't think anybody should own a handgun, which is a whole different conversation. But the reason I say any of that is this whole thing with Harvard came up through the Supreme through the court system, made it to the Supreme Court, and finally just got ruled upon this past week. And it was actually a lawsuit, I believe, a, maybe, I could be getting all my facts wrong about this, but the general idea of it is great. Nobody comes here in general, and no, certainly nobody should come here for exact fucking facts. Um, just ideas. Uh, so I think it was a class action, law, class action lawsuit of um, Asian students who had been denied from Harvard in the application process. Mm. Um, and their allegation was that Harvard was essentially racially discriminating against Asian students um, by making the bar for accepting an Asian student, like the level of grades that an Asian student needed or the SAT scores they needed, much higher than what was the average accepted score for even white students or mm. particularly even more so black students, Latino students. And so basically all these facts and figures come out where like, I think the average, like the average person who gets accepted into Harvard, uh, average Asian person that gets accepted has an SAT score of a hundred, I think 50, 60 points higher than the average white acceptant and about 100 points higher than the average black acceptance. So right there, they're going like, okay, so you're essentially saying that like, like I'm being, as an Asian student, Harvard's 25% Asian. Asians are only about 6 7% of the country. So Asians are vastly overrepresented in really academic institutions in general because they do kind of overperform. I mean, sorry, they're kicking our ass. Um, so... They're basically saying it's like, okay, so if I'm an Asian student and I apply and I have a 3.9 GPA and uh, what I don't know what the SAT, I don't, they've changed the SAT scores yeah, every two years. 2100 or some shit. One of the questions on the SAT any given year should be, what is this out of this year? Because I cannot <laughs> keep up. I, when we were in it, it was 2400. Yeah. But I think most, I think there was a lot of colleges who still only took the two of the three subjects, like because mm. they're 800 each. And I think a lot of them didn't do one of them, but most of them always do math. And I think, I don't even remember what the other ones were. Uh, I just know math. Um, so it was out of 2,400 when we did it. 
Uh, I think usually it's out of 1600. Um, and their whole allegation is basically like, well, how is that not racial discrimination? If you're looking at my scores, seeing that my scores are higher, my GPA, my SAT and all the above are higher. I'm more qualified. I'm more like, I guess the word deserving, but that's the debate here of, of being admitted into this institution. But because of the fact that I'm Asian, uh, and you're trying to like meet certain quotas of like diversity or whatever that students that are less qualified are being let in over me. So now I'm being penalized literally because of my race. I mean, there's really, and there's a lot of ways to look at that. Um, and there's a lot of solid points that you'll see being made from both angles. But I think it's a very poignant kind of conversation. It's interesting because it, it's it's another minority group. And so all of a sudden, the conversation is slightly more even keel. Like it's almost easier to have this conversation knowing that also as a white guy, especially as a Greek guy, I don't know how many of us are in fucking Harvard, uh, certainly not all of Italians. Um, but like, you know, I'm sitting here being like, yeah, dude, like uh, they kind of rock at school. I'm sorry. Like, it's just you can't tell me you haven't noticed that. And like, it's not because of like there's something in their blood or something. It's like it's probably just to do with values and stuff like they really care about that shit they really push for that shit and like they they perform very well and so why should that why should that penalize them for that why should it penalize them that they go look yeah you are super qualified to come here but instead we're going to give this opportunity to someone who is less qualified just because of the color of their skin and we're trying to get more of that person in here and you know look like I said, there's a lot of points you could make like, you know, well, you know, and, and it's weird. Like Michelle Obama put out a, a tweet and she was like, you know, I went to Harvard because she and Barack both went to Harvard, I believe. And Michelle was saying like, you know, I couldn't help thinking, you know, I was one of the few black people at Harvard. First of all, the current Harvard population is about 15 percent, which is pretty much exactly what the population of America is. So maybe that's a coincidence. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Um, so black people are certainly not underrepresented in Harvard at least. Um, but she was talking about uh, that when she was there, she was like, I couldn't help wondering if the people around me saw me here and thought I was just here because I was black. Like I was just let in for an affirmative action. And this was while she was making a point for or like against this decision that that shouldn't be allowed. Mm -hmm. So she's making a case for affirmative action while saying, yeah, I hated the fact that people thought I was just here because I was black. And it's like, well, you do realize the only reason people would have thought that is if it existed. Like if affirmative action didn't exist, then nobody would be thinking you're only here because you're black because they'd know that the only way you get here is by meeting certain qualifications. When you have a system that says that we're actually are kind of letting certain people in over other people just because of their race, uh, then yeah, it's perfectly reasonable to think that maybe somebody might assume that if that's what's going on. So it's like, I don't really understand how that point made her point in any way. So what was the decision overall? The decision overall was that basically, I don't know if this applies to every industry or specifically to college admissions or what, but basically the the decision was that you no longer can use, I think you can't use race as like a criterion for admission, mm. um, which you could easily, I think at first glance, you would think, yeah, that sounds right. 
let's do it. Sounds good. Yeah. We're no longer using race as a criterion for, but then it's, if you think about it for more than five seconds, you could easily see how people would have a problem with that because then you have all the points being made the other way, which is like, well, you know, white students have a head start. So it's actually easier for them to, to perform and get these GPAs and stuff. So it's like the only way black people or Latino students or whatever would be able to like keep up is to basically have the bar lowered for them. Essentially, they don't use that terminology, but that's essentially what that argument is for, which to me kind of sounds like a racist argument. I get it. I get what you're saying, but it does amaze me how many people in the in the angle of trying to be the non-racist people are fervently making the argument that the only way for certain groups of people to be able to compete is if they have the bar lowered for them. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I mean, even white people are saying that for Asian people, probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, and here's, here's, here's the thing. Um, when it comes to this whole idea, people talk about equity versus equality. And the distinction there is equality is equality of opportunity. Yeah, definitely. You can actually open that probably even more now. I'm sunburned too. So that's another, uh, variable in the equation True. you know how hot yeah. you get when you're sunburned um so equity equality is a quality of opportunity equity is a quality of outcome um there there are plenty of examples that you can go through where where you can observe that one particular group of people whether it be women and men or certain racial groups or certain religious groups or whatever seem to be more or less re represented in any given thing the idea that certain groups of people seem to be more prevalent in any given thing cannot be taken as de facto evidence that there is some type of discriminatory thing going on. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it just is the case that certain people, whether it be because of gender or culture or whatever, tend to perform better in certain areas. I mean, that's a tough thing to say, but it's certainly what we have observed. And if the alternative is to say that maybe the NBA is 85% black because they're racist against white people, that's certainly not the case. So you're observing that, yeah, it's not saying that, like, I think basketball is a great example because it's like, we're not saying that white people can't be good at basketball. The two of the best players in the league right now are white guys. Luka Doncic and um, fucking Jocic. Both happen to be fucking itch names from fucking whatever. Czechoslovakia. I don't even know what country. Croatia. I don't know. Um, so it's like, yeah, it, when you say that certain groups of people tend to, on average, in general, perform better, does not mean that any individual person from that group cannot compete. It just means that when you go across the NBA and you're looking for the top, I don't know, uh, top 500 basketball players in the world that about 400 of them are going to be black guys. That's just the reality. And it doesn't mean that still out of those 500 guys that maybe some fucking Asian guy happens to be the best, but he's probably going to be one of the only five Asian guys in the mix, you know? And it also, when you look across sports, um, you can see just how different cultures and the sports they care about, like, you don't really see any Asians in football. You see the best player in baseball right now, Shohei Otani from Japan. He's a fucking pitcher. He, he leads the league in fucking pitching stats and hitting stats. So when he pitches for the Los Angeles Angels, he doesn't bat. But then he plays the rest. You know how most pitchers, they just pitch once every five days? Mm -hmm. He pitches once every five days, and the other four days, he's just in their fucking batting lineup. He's that fucking dope. He's the best player probably that we've seen in a long, long fucking time. It's fu but, you don't, you don't, but because Japanese people fucking love baseball, and so a lot of great talent comes out of the Korean leagues and Japanese leagues. Another group that you don't see in football, Latino people. 
You don't really see a lot of fucking Guatemalans and Dominicans in football, the NFL. See a lot of them in fucking baseball because they like baseball. Yeah, soccer. Soccer is a, a great equalizer sport. You see people at soccer is very just even. Every every type of person is represented. So it's not even it doesn't have to be this argument of like, oh, certain races of people are just better. It's just like, no. I think if you looked at it more from an angle of like, usually representation is a decent is a pretty good uh product of values if a culture tends to value a thing greatly then you'll see that they tend to be represented higher in that thing so you look at this idea that you know equity is the goal uh that we need equal representation of people well nobody wins in that system i was trying to think like what is the moral the true morality of that like i've always thought about like yeah uh, myself personally, I've always liked the idea of a system where um, the best person wins. I think that's good because then it gives you incentive to work harder and be better. But then I thought, but what if I was just an actual loser? It's a real thought you have. Mm -hmm. Not everybody has a talent in a particular thing. Not everybody is a standout. There are people who don't, who aren't standouts in really anything. And if you're that person... Is it fair that you have to live in a world where you're always on the losing end of the fucking thing? Yeah. I mean, but here's the thing. Like, in that scenario, is that person, like, a great student, you know, wants to go to college and wants mm -hmm. to go to an Ivy League university? Mm -hmm. Or are they just a regular student also? Like, why would they want to go to Harvard in that case? Well, that's, that's a good point, go too. just go to fucking, you know. That's a good point. It's Penn or whatever. Basically, Maryland, you, Maryland, you, you, I would rather go to Maryland than Harvard, <laughs> um, but I couldn't. Um, but like you look at it, it's like you wouldn't if, if you were dying of cancer. If here's the thing, everybody talks about they preach for equity and they preach for like equal representation and affirmative action and stuff. But it's like at the end of the day, if you had fucking cancer um, and somebody gave you the choice, would you like the best doctor uh, or would you want to hear that your doctor graduated the top of his class? And is the best we have to offer? Or would you want to hear that? Well, actually, your doctor, he was like top like 100 out of 200. But we gave him the job because he's a fucking, I don't know, whatever guy. And we don't have enough of them. And so, yeah, on paper, when it's not your life on the line, you're thinking like, yeah, well, we should kind of diversify these fields. We do have too many of this person and that person and not enough of that person and this person. It's like, great. But what about when it's your doctor? When it's your doctor, when it's your airplane pilot... You don't want the, the affirmative action guy flying your plane. You don't want the guy, hey, this is your captain speaking. I graduated uh, in the lower 30% of my class. Um, but, uh, you know, anyway, you don't want that. You want, like, dude, this guy fucking fought in Iraq. He was getting shot at in a helicopter. I think he can handle a connecting flight right now. You know, your fucking quarterback. You don't want your fucking quarterback being a goddamn anybody. You, you want it to be the best possible guy you have. Yeah, so, I mean, to be fair, though, I don't know if I want a, a pilot that's going to get PTSD and take the <laughs> fucking plane down with him. <laughs> true, true. But you get the point. You want the best person for the job generally when it actually affects you. Yeah. But then in the abstract, it's very easy for people to be like, well, actually, maybe we should even it out. It's like, well, in that system, in a system where it's purely based off merit, the person who is the best for the job benefits because they actually get the job and the people who are dependent on that person to do their job benefit because they're getting the best person for the job. The only person who doesn't benefit is the person who wasn't the best person for the job and therefore didn't get the job. In the reverse of that, the equitable system um, where you're just trying to equalize outcome and make sure that every group has the same amount of people represented, then the person who's the best for the job gets fucked over 
because they don't check off a certain quota boxes. And then the people who need the best person for the job can't get it because instead they're left with the person who's not the best for the job and the only person who benefits is the fucking person who got there because they checked the boxes. It's inevitably, if you look at it, it's kind of a doomsday type of system. And so when you look at all the things surrounding Harvard, first of all, you think about that meme where it's like the guy's brain expanding, each one. Mm -hmm. It's like equal standards is racist. Affirmative action is racist. And then college is a scam. Mm -hmm. The whole conversation to you or I is irrelevant. We're not getting to Harvard, nor do we want to go. Um, But if you go down to level two and talk about the actual issue... You could obviously make the case that a lot of socioeconomic historical influences have affected black people in ma- en masse, whatever. I hate when I have to say a French word in English. Um, their ability to perform at the same level. Maybe, but at the same time, I don't necessarily know if that's true. And I don't even know if that's necessarily a very good idea to put out there to the black community is that the only way that you can compete is if we lower the bar for you. I don't know if, if I was a black guy, I'd want to hear that. I don't, I, I don't know if I remember we were getting our asses beat in rec football when I was playing for the Parkville Patriots and we hadn't, we hadn't won a game. We hadn't even much less scored a touchdown the whole season. And Falston was beating our ass so bad that eventually the coach, our coach asked the other coach to stop scoring touchdowns on us. And I was chasing this guy and I was about to get a tackle and I was eight years old and the guy just jumped out of bounds before he hit the touchdown just because he was told not to score a touchdown. And I remember it feeling so weird and I asked my dad after and I said, dad, what happened? Like, why was that? And he was like, oh, well, you know, your coach told him. And I was, I was mortified by that. I was so mm. fucking upset. It was so embarrassing. It was so demeaning that this other team had to take it easy on us. Like, I don't that does something to your pride. And I don't know if that's a good idea to put out there because you know, you people want to talk about the schools and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, these all these all these things exist. We talk about difference between city schools and county schools and all these things existed. But at the same time, that same school with limited resources, uh obvi- the obvious thing is the athletics. They're fucking us up in football. They're coming up to Towson and whipping our ass in basketball. No questions asked. It's a joke. But also their fucking marching band comes up and they're fucking good as shit. Same school, same resources, but I'm finding it hard to believe how they could be super. You could have a school with the same resources, and in that same school, their sports. They, those kids can put in the time to fucking work and get better at football, basketball, whatever it is. Work and get super good at fucking making music or art or something like that. But for whatever yeah, but reason, like that's like you gotta understand. That's for some people, like literally the golden ticket to get out of that situation. So of course they're gonna spend all their day and nights practicing trying to get better at that craft because that's their fucking ticket out of there 100% agree and that's the point my whole point is that um you know when you see differences disparities in performance between certain groups it's not just because certain races of people or groups of people are just innately i mean there could be an element of that i haven't seen a white guy in the 100 yard dash in a very long time at the top level so you could look you're kind of lying to yourself you're not saying like at the at the top levels when you see if if you see a fucking asian guy in the final round of the olympics for the 100 meter dash that's a wow sight you just don't see it so there's something to that but for the most part you know when you see groups of people performing in certain areas it usually is a representation like i said before of their values and so in the black community like you just said 
sports and arts are seen as a golden ticket out of their situation. I and education, um, maybe historically has not been seen as an equally viable path out because maybe those opportunities historically did not exist for them. Where even if you were a highly educated black man a hundred years ago or even fifty years ago, um, that uh, you you would have to fight tooth and nail like a guy like Frederick Douglass or W. E. B. Du Bois or any of these like historical black intellectuals who had to fight very hard um, just to kind of get there because of the discrimination and maybe the academic sphere or something like that. So maybe the black community in mass has kind of taken this thing where it's like, look, if you want to get out of this situation, you know, you can make it in athletics, you can make it in music, you can make it in arts. Um, but education is just not a way out for us. So maybe, and, and that was true. Do you think they said that at the meeting? At the black person meeting? No. I don't know, but I mean, it seems to be like they certainly said something about playing basketball at the meeting because they're <laughs> fucking killing it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that these are outwardly spoken things. I'm just saying when you look at the Asian community, you see that those kids are pushed and and education when your mom, your your parents are working downstairs in a fucking Chinese food restaurant 24 hours a day like a Taos and Best. And those kids are told, look, if you want to not do this. You're probably not going to be a fucking basketball player, let's be honest. You're probably not going to be a famous rapper, but you could be a fucking doctor and buy you're going to be a, you're going to be a fucking doctor and fucking study or play the fucking cello or something. It's like that's what then when a when you're pushed to do that and that is valued, then you do that. And so I'm actually making the least in my opinion, the least racist statement by saying that the reason why I don't think you see black people as represented in academia is not because black people aren't as smart or because they can't be as smart, but because just like you don't see, just like you see any other thing where certain cultures are represented because that's the thing that they value within their culture. I think, I don't know if, I don't know if that route is as pushed in that community because if it were as pushed and then they're still underperforming, then, then you'd actually have to ask, I feel like that would be the worst take to be like, no, they do try as hard. They just can't do it. And it's like, well, that seems to be a worse thing to say, in my opinion, than to say at the end all be all. I don't think that lowering the bar at Harvard is how you fix that. I don't think that you fix if, if you want to make the if you want to try to see, get to a point where you see more people in the black community or it's not just black communities, Latino community, or any community that's underrepresented in these things. Um, it doesn't start at a college application. You can't let these kids grow up 18 fucking years and then give them a fucking 100 point handicap on the SAT and then say, good, we fixed it. Now we got a bunch of people going to Harvard even though they probably shouldn't be going to Harvard. Um, no, it would have to start way earlier. It would have to start in those communities and in those schools and not just at the schools, but like we've talked about before, uh, probably within the community itself. And that's another challenging thing to say, but it's the truth in my opinion. So I don't know. I mean, look, I, I personally, I think that the fact that we're taking race out of the equation uh, is generally a good step. And it seems weird to me that now that's seen as a bad step. But I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. Uh, I'm probably still going to have to watch a YouTube video on this when I get home. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't know what the fuck going on. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, it, this is a good thing to look into, dude, especially because we're both so removed from it that it doesn't matter. But I think it would, you'd find it a compelling thing. I certainly did. But uh, did you think of anything else, or are we good? Um, nothing really. I mean, fucking July 1st just happened in Maryland, so now marijuana is 
legalized and True. can be bought recreationally. Uh, That's what it is. July first. Okay. Cool. Haven't. Uh, I don't know. Haven't really noticed anything different yet. Have I haven't really you, been out though. Ha, ha, were you out like yesterday at all? I was out on the boat. Uh, yeah, my cousin Bobby took you us out to any, Rock Hall. Any extra fumes in the air? I did not. I was not. I was I was you? Your land lover ass was on the on land. I was on, I was in the water. <laughs> so I I was under maritime law. I don't know what what laws exist on the open seas yeah. as it pertains to marijuana. I know there's a lot of stuff going on, but. Mm-hmm. There was some weed happening, but I didn't notice anything out of the ordinary. Okay. Uh, I did see a, somebody post on Facebook that all the lines at dispensaries are like packed. So, so now you don't need a permit anymore. Mm-mm. No carrier card, no nothing. Yeah, yeah, you can conceal carry marijuana now in Maryland up to an ounce and a half, I think. Mm. It's like a lot. An ounce and a half? Yeah, Isn't that the size of that fucking bongo? Um, something? How big is an ounce? An ounce would be like... Maybe like enough to fill your coffee mug over there. Wow. And that's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of coffee, much mm-hmm. less weed. Holy shit. So it's completely, is it's still technically decriminalized or is it illegal? I mean, uh, legal, legal, legal. No, it's legal under the, you know, whatever the current stipulations are, i.e. 21. 21, or it might even be 18. Um. But you just can't have more than the the legal limit. And I think you can grow two plants if you don't have a license. And you can grow four if you do or something like that. Wow. I don't know. Very silly laws. Do you have your card? No. Okay, cool. So you can still, you can you can go get weed and buy a gun tomorrow and you're good to go. Uh, yeah, maybe. same day. Same day. I love that. <laughs> How dumb do you feel if you're one of the guys who went to high school that moved to fucking Boulder? Dude, yeah. right? Come on back, Isn't baby. That crazy? You don't have to pretend to like hiking. <laughs> I know you just wanted to smoke weed. Come on. I've been to Denver. It's not that nice, buddy. Yeah. It's hard to breathe. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Congratulations, weed people. Mm-hmm. A big W for weed this week. Yeah. So while you're celebrating America's freedom, go celebrate your own personal freedom. And yeah. <laughs> get a little fucking Garcia gummy and go to fucking Mars tomorrow. A little zoinked. United Are you going to celebrate States. by getting as high as imaginably possible tomorrow for the hot dog eating contest? Oh, fuck no. You're not going to get as high as possible? No. Why would I do that? Because that's I the only chance you have at beating hot me, bro. Dogs. That's the only chance you have at beating me. You got to get so high you forget how to not eat yeah, hot dogs. That I'm going to a place with over 30 family members. <laughs> you have to get so high you forget that. Yeah. <laughs> I can just only focus on the dogs. Only on the dogs. Folks. Uh, speaking of dogs, have yourself a great 4th of July. 4OJ is what I've been trying to catch. I don't know if it's going to stick. 4OJ, I like that. 4OJ. We got MDW, we got LBW for uh, fucking Labor Day Memorial weekend. Day. Um, yeah. But L- 4OJ seems like it could work for me or us as a people. Mm-hmm. So uh, congratulations to America for our 240 seventh year of being independent any plugs uh no other than uh the i think it's august 10th is what we figured out when when that show was going to be in richmond keep an eye out for that thursday august 10th down in richmond me and elizabeth are doing a hot set down there come on out uh, watch people uh, be in pain while doing comedy. My man. Uh, folks, on the flip side, 
Uh, I will not be at Perennial tomorrow because it is the 4th of July, as you may have known. Um, and I, my boss, gave me the day off. Wow, what a nice guy. Such a nice guy. I had to, I had to request off pretty early for myself. Mm-hmm. I had to, you know, it was a whole thing, but he gave it to me. Um, also, not really much going on this week. I really, I guess, inadvertently yeah, really he took gave this week. You off the whole week. He gave me too. off the whole week. <laughs> what a nice guy. <laughs> I love him. I love him. Um, but yeah, this Friday is the first Friday of the month, which means that your boy is going to be at Valley Inn, Brooklynville. Technically Lutherville, I guess. Um, I will be there from 5 to 8. That's every first Friday from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Come on out for that. It's always a blast. So nice. So cool. Awesome. Uh, Also, Saturday, if you are an equally rich person but happen to live in Montgomery County, then I cannot recommend enough coming on down to Vine Alley in Gaithersburg, Maryland at the famous Kentlands in Gaithersburg. That is 7 to 10 in Gaithersburg, Saturday, July 8th. Uh, And then Sunday, July 9th, I will be at Nacho Mama's in Towson from 1 to 4. That's Sunday, July 9th. And that's all for your boy. Keep an eye out at SophomoreMD, at Jimmy Selesky, at Eric Glazer. And of course, as usual, at LFTS Podcast across the board. Until next week, folks, happy Independence Day. Peace. Have a hot dog for us. American girls and American guys We'll always stand up and salute We'll always recognize when we see old glory flying There's a lot of men dead So we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads my daddy served in the army We lost his right eye But he flew a flag out in our yard Till the day that he died He wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me To grow up and live happy in the land of the free Now this nation that I love is falling under attack A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back Soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye Man, we lit up your world like the 4th of July Hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list And the Statue of Liberty started shaking her fist And the eagle will fly and it's gonna be here When you hear Mother Freedom start ringing her bell And it'll feel like the whole Sorry that you mess with the U.S. of A. 
Cause we'll put a boot in your ass It's the American way Hey Uncle Sam Put your name at the top of his list And the Statue of Liberty Started shaking her fist And the eagle will fly And it's gonna be hell When you hear Mother Freedom Start ringing her bell And it'll feel like the whole wide world Is raining down on you Courtesy of the red, white, and blue